When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well. It's the Final Word World Cup Daily. Adam Collins and Cam Ponsonby. Day 36. The game was between New Zealand and and Sri Lanka at the mighty Chinnaswamy in Bangalore. We're here for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. We are recording this about one kilometre from Westfield London, where I am going tonight. More on that later, more extra, less ordinary. To begin, Cam, the game in 30 seconds. New Zealand are, in all likelihood, semi-finalists for the fifth World Cup in a row. They've wow. swept aside Sri Lanka by five wickets, despite a most fantastically entertaining innings by Kusol Perat at the top, 50 of 22 balls. It was absolute carnage, 70 for five at the end of the power play. What the fuck's going on? Mm. They blocked their way to 170. A more accurate description of it is 100 and false hope, basically. They were never, ever, ever going to defend it. New Zealand cruised there. The five wickets, the five wicket win suggests there might have been an element of jeopardy at some point. No, wrong. They were home, cruised it all the time. Yeah, got there in 23.2 overs. They Get made half the runs they required um, with their opening partnership. Conway 45, Ravindra 42, both batting handily. They put 73 on for no wicket in the power play compared to Sri Lanka, 70 for five wickets, yeah. which was the, <laughs> the fundamental difference in this game. Look, there, there are, there's more to, obviously a lot more to take from this from New Zealand than there is Sri Lanka. They're in the semis again. They always find a way of getting there. New Zealand's build-up to this tournament, Cam, was ropey. They looked... Second rate against England, who also yeah. looked kind of second rate. In, but I, I made the observation at the time, possibly with you, that for whatever reason, major tournaments bring out the best in New Zealand. They they can find a way to play near enough their best cricket. And even here, after losing four games on the trot, this became a must-win game. And suddenly, Trent Bolt's back in form. Two wickets in and over, three for 30-odd. Um, runs again from Ravindra and Conway have both made runs through the tournament. Ravindra more than anyone in the competition. 43 for Daryl Mitchell from 31 balls, who is seemingly always in form. It wasn't the perfect chase, losing five wickets in the second half, but they knew that all they had to do really was win, but doing it well enough that net run rate's no longer a factor, um, they can they can take a load off and enjoy a couple of days off. Yeah, I, I, I think the idea that they're playing their best cricket is kind of... They're, they're a very low-volatile team. New Zealand, their, their ceiling and their floor is pretty close together. They've made the semi-finals with five wins and four losses. It's a bit of a bizarre scenario where they're going to have this massive winner takes, well, winner takes the final match next week against India, and they're off the back of one win in five. Yeah. I remember in terms of like their preparation, I kind of, um, I think I, I think I had Michael Atherton make this point, and normally if he says anything, I'm t- I tend to just agree with it automatically. <laughs> but um, he kind of points to New Zealand actually in terms of their preparation. In the last year, they've played ODI series in Bangladesh, Pakistan, and India. And kind of regardless of how those results went, 
it gives them a, a, a sense of the environment and where they're playing. And so when it's come to these matches, they've kind of won the matches they should win and they've lost the matches they kind of, inverted commas, like should lose kind of thing to be potentially too overly simplistic about it. But the result is they're this kind of, they're this picture of consistency in international cricket. Five semi-finals in a row is a, is a remarkable achievement for any nation. Mm. And now all of a sudden we kind of like, we're one Glenn Phillips kind of like, 100 off 60 away from like turning India over. Yeah, and look, the you're right about the winning the games they had to win because they had that soft start, didn't they? It was England in game one, the defending champions, who now in hindsight looks like a soft start. <laughs> it wasn't, but the way they bossed that game at Umderbud, which feels like about 100 days ago. It was. Then they had the three games consecutively, which included the Dutch... Afghanistan and Bangladesh. Afghanistan, before they really ramped it up, uh, and Bangladesh, who ended up being a massive letdown in this tournament. They lose four games, but in two of them, they make 400 against Pakistan, and they make 382 against Australia. So it was never a real concern about where their batting was at, although they, they um, they they did get thrashed by South Africa in their most recent start. They batted pretty well against India as well, making 300 odd, and that was chased down with four overs to spare. I guess my point is, is that, I wrongly thought they might be collateral damage of a side who were trying to push it with the same group of players to one last tournament, you know, with issues around Kane Williamson. But it hasn't really played out that way. They've got Ravindra, who's taken a massive step up. I mentioned he's got more runs in the tournament than anybody now. Mm. Um, he played some lovely pull shots tonight. One um, shot over long off to die for against the new ball. Um, Mitchell, who has the ability to put pressure on straight away, reverse sweep first ball that he faced. Next over, a booming drive over long off for six. Next over, a reverse lap. Like, he's got the tricks, but he's got the ability to put pressure on. And then Conway, who is the the definition of stability at the top of the list. I think you can always judge a team by kind of the best player that's not in the 11 at the moment. And for New Zealand at the moment, their kind of selection dilemma of this World Cup was when Williamson comes fit, is it Will Young or Ravindra? And at the start of the competition, that's probably um, a kind of weak spot in that side to be cruel to both of them. And And our kind of hindsight now shows that both players have scored runs in this World Cup and Ravindra's having this breakout tournament where we've all decided and I'm on board the bandwagon of like, right, great, you're the next generational player of the next decade. Thank you very much. We're going to enjoy watching you play. Um, and so that's the kind of, they are a, a very comfortable, it's the difference between when things go badly, it's too cosy. When things go well, it's players comfortable in their environment. And so we have that with England at the moment. We go, okay, maybe it's a kind of bit too cosy, a bit too nice, a bit too much lads. They've, mm. they've stayed on for one more World Cup when they shouldn't have done. And when New Zealand, it's like, oh, do you know what's great? They can just call Tim South in. He can have a role when they have an injury crisis. It's like, brilliant. Yeah, and Southie missed out towards the end in 2019, didn't play the final. But guys that did, right? Lockie Ferguson, 2 for 35 today. Mitchell Sartner, 2 for 22 from 10, the most economical analysis of the tournament. Admittedly, at that stage, um, I think they were reduced to 113 for 8 in the 24th over. So they were playing for time for the last 23 overs and trying to drag it out. So those figures are affected that way. But still, the point stands that they've got big game experience making a World Cup final, beating India in a semi four years ago, and time. England on two different measures and Trent Bolt said before two wickets in and over which proved the turning point he ends up with three for 37 and he spoke as man of the match he spoke after play about his adaptability you know he's been to India like 50 times <laughs> if anyone's going to be able to um, be versatile enough and back himself against the might of India it's that left armour leading the attack still as you mentioned he took all three wickets well, all three of his wickets came in the power play he had that kind of uh, one man of the match afterwards and I kind of, it kind of snuck past me that he wasn't having the best World Cup I yeah. kind of sometimes when players have such a proven ability you just kind of go they'll be fine and like I think that's kind of 
where New Zealand sat on the matter and also where it looks like it may end up in that he's now going to the semi-final with form. He's also got, to give him the second name check of the, of the, um, of the show, Atherton was talking about Mitchell Sandler today. And he was, he, was, he was in love with him. I couldn't believe how much like joy he was speaking about him. He was saying he was, he was his favourite bowler to watch in the competition. Wow. And I was like, Mitchell Santner. I love that. And it was kind of, I was like... The thinking man. I was bowler. like, what the fuck am I, am I been watching the wrong sport? I don't, I don't understand. And he was just there, and he was, he was like, oh, God. He would turn, I can't remember who was on comms. He turned to him, he was like, he reminds me a bit of Bish and Betty. Did you face Bish and Betty? I was like, how the fuck? This is Mitchell Santner. It's very. I'm sure we'd be. I'm sure we get on very, very well. But I can't say he's kind of been the most entertaining player of my. We've generation. always liked him on the final word. Oh, we well, we no, watched him play no, against Australia, Adelaide. Um, I think it was his test debut in 2015, and I always liked the cut of his jib as you were. But the, you know, I think with Sartner, it's that he has the ability to push it through at 95 kilometres an hour and hold it back, yep. and he's clever and he's got enough tricks on that front that it makes up for the fact it, that at the end of the day. Like you and me, he's a finger spinner after all. Yeah, we are very similar bowlers, I always think this. He, um, <laughs> but um, it really it was a real club, and since we're talking about club cricket now, it was a real club cricket innings from Sri Lanka in that they had one opener. He was just like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to whack it, basically. I've got a wedding to go to. Yeah, like, let's clear the ropes, let's go. Mm. All the other top orders, when they were trying to score runs, were getting out, and then the tail came in and went, oh, we're just going to block it because we have nothing else to do. And well, it take Shana, 30, yeah. 38 not out from 91 I've balls. Two, I've got two stats for you about that innings. Okay. A, it's his joint highest score in professional cricket, yeah. and two, it's his longest ever innings in professional cricket. And I can tell you now a third stat. This is from at H Ha on Twitter. Uh, Mahesh Tikshana has faced more balls, 185, in this World Cup than Johnny Bairstow, Josh Butler, Harry Brook, Liam Livingston, oh, and Moen Ali. Very, Just very good. Like Doesn't take many it. to face more than Moen Ali's face. Yeah, it's been comp. tough. But yeah, it was it was a really bizarre period where between overs 20 and 30, Schlenk scored 14 runs, and this was when like Santa yeah. was basically just dropping it on a length. It was kind of like. They'd stopped the bleeding, but they weren't getting closer to the hospital. Like mm. they were, they were, they were not in a good way. They were always going to kind of that innings was never going to end with joy. Yeah, they needed from that point something very, very special to happen with the ball. And it, it tends to be Madhushanka, who you know they're on the way home tonight, Sri Lanka. That's their last game. They'll yeah. they'll be on the flight. I'm not sure, um, you know, Sri Lankan Airlines flight. Um, you know, yeah. SA four two seven and yeah. back to Colombo. Um, and look, once you've been eliminated, you may as well be the first team to finish. But Matashanka ends with the most wickets thus far in the tournament. Been super impressive up front. Wickets in the first over, at least on two occasions, maybe the th- maybe three. Went for runs in the power play today. Teek Sharna was way short of his best. Uh, he batted for a long time, but he gave... He's tired. He's tired. Yeah, he's knackered. He gave so many four balls up top. They had to take him off and bring Dan and Jay on. Dan and Jay went the distance, 22 runs from two overs, both bowled in the power play. It took them till over number nine to bring on uh, Chimera, who's comfortably their most threatening bowler. They're quickest by like 10 kilometres an hour. And as soon as he was into the attack, mm. he hits Mitchell on the gloves, not Mitchell, sorry, Conway on the gloves yeah. and gets him out, caught at mid-wicket and over later. And I'm not, I'm not saying they had a chance at that point. Yeah. But yeah, if, if the benefit of hindsight, they're giving him the new ball and seeing whether they can ruffle a few feathers. But I suppose we've reached that stage of the tournament with Sri Lanka. They've opened with spin almost throughout. They weren't going to change plans now. But... Um, yeah, um, Ange Matthews picks up a couple, Williamson chops him on, big Ange had a big week, um, but yeah, it, it was pretty clear that New Zealand didn't care how many wickets they lost at the end, they just wanted to make absolute certain of the fact that net run rate wouldn't be a factor with Pakistan. Yeah, I, I was happy with them, um, Shranka going, Madhushanka and Tikshana again, because I just kind of think, you are the two best bowlers, like hopefully we get the wickets yeah. and give yourself a chance basically, and Madhushanka, I think what's so promising about him is he's 
he's really not he's a two trick pony as opposed to one so he has these like massive booming in swingers with the new ball which are very kind of like Shaheen-esque then he also has the off cutter where he really rips his kind of fingers down the side the of the ball the one he bowled to row it to knock him out exactly the one yeah. he got to row hit and it was such a surprise the delivery because I think everyone who watched that ball in the moment or saw Madashanka bowled Rohit Sharma bowled Madashanka over one or whatever everyone ha knows what that dismissal looks like in their head they go mm. okay that's a big hooping in swing that's either hit him on the pad or clean bowled him and then you go and watch it and you go oh my god he's done him on the outside edge as well like yeah. hell, like is he, can he do him both ways and what, what does his career look like Cam do you think you're more in touch with I guess the modern market oriented T20 and so on yeah. like does Matashanka now go into the pot and end up an IPL player is that realistic for him or does he um, I mean how would you frame up the probability of him being a Sri Lankan player even in four or five years time oh, like wow. is he the kind of guy who might be a, a full-time circuiteer or might he be taking the Red Bull well, for Sri Lanka in test cricket what, what's your best guess well it's one of the movers and shakers of the modern franchise world I was going to drop Michael Klinger general manager of Washington Freedom Alliance very like, good of a <laughs> I've seen this lad on the TV, actually. I think he, I think he might go well against the Seattle Orcas and uh, cause them some trouble. But, if we, no, but you're right, it's, like, it's, it's a multi kind of, it's, it's a skill that exists across both formats. Like if you can swing the new ball and bowl, your cutters are your white ball skill, but if you're able to swing the ball with control and at pace, that's a red ball skill. So I'd be, he has had one test. Quite a test, didn't get a wicket. For Sri Lanka, no wickets, and that was earlier this year. It was in July. He's actually debuted in all three formats within the last yeah. 18 months. So it's, it's such a boon for Sri Lanka. Got a bit about him. Got a bit about him. Got a bit about him. Uh, unfortunately for Pakistan in all of this, for the second consecutive World Cup, they're going to lose out to New Zealand for the final spot on the basis of net run rate, provided that is Pakistan beat England, which you can take as assumed, I suppose, um, in this conversation at least. They... As Mike Atherton didn't name check him a third time. Oh, Hello, well Matt, today. Yeah. if you're listening. Um, they need to, uh, if they make 300 against England, they need to bowl yeah. out England for uh, Those weren't his names. Those that he, no, the yeah, Stato's like. passes. That's fine, though. That's part of the job in TV to <laughs> absorb the information and regurgitate it. Yeah. And if they bowled out England for 50, they need to make it in 2.3 overs. Yeah. I like that scenario more. What about the yeah. bowl out England for 32? Um, that's that's the way that Pakistan have a route through. But let's assume that that, that doesn't happen and England deny them that um, that miracle. It'll be New Zealand on five and four, as it was last time. Yeah. And the other comparison to 2019 is that New Zealand had the soft draw to start there, took, made the most of it, yeah. um, had a wobble in the middle of the World Cup, lost to Australia, lost to India, lost to England, made the semi on the back of a win on the final day, net run rate, can't remember who it was against and then knocked off India in the most stunning two-day semi-final. Now, they're going to be playing India again. It's going to be Mumbai. Uh, I mean, now we know Pakistan can't make it. That guarantees yeah. they'll be back at the work rest and play for that semi against India. Yeah. And then, I mean, dare to dream. I mean, it's got to be... Well, it would have to be a Conway, Ravindra, Mitchell... You know, it would have to be one of the batters, right? Like, it would have to be one of those guys absolutely teeing off and it working. I think, yeah, I think... For, I'm surprised we're ruling out Pakistan. I can see a world where Faka gets up 200... Pakistan put on 430 <laughs> England rolled for 185 done is that, what, is that another scenario also, I you've think, seen I think it's is, so, it, is like, it 431 185 the, the, the that's stat, more likely than the 330 the stats I saw were it was like a 246 run win and I've just written it and sent it to a, a publication that that is the case so I really fucking hope it is basically <laughs> <laughs> great journalism we always support great journalism standards here on the final word <laughs> I mean, that's what I saw it was like cricket I was like cricket okay cool um 
yeah, so uh, there's, there's, there's a way it's possible. Um, but in terms of... It, it's a bit like, actually, to be fair, only two nights ago, the Crick Info um, probability meter had Australia yeah, at a exactly. 0.8% chance of winning. I think that was correct as well. Or maybe a 0.2% yeah. chance of winning, whatever it was. Um, uh, and, and they did win that game. So, um, you know, so you're saying there's a chance yeah. in dumb and dumber speak. Absolutely. I, I think with New Zealand, you've kind of got to play a game against New, uh, India of, okay... Do we back them to shit themselves or are we going to shit ourselves and play differently kind of thing? Do we need to play above our normal level? Are, are New Zealand's happy to go and have a bat first, get themselves to 300 within their means and be like, that's pressure, we've yeah. got the bowling attack, Score we can defend pressure. that. But then someone would be like, oh, you, didn't, you need to throw a punch against India or do you throw that punch, take that risk and risk getting bowled out for 180? I bet. I think that, you know, what you're bat. describing there about finals, it, this may not be fashionable anymore, but... You know, batting first and having runs on the board and, and yeah. backing your batters to be good enough to get a more than competitive total. You're going to have to live a little. You're not going to get away with 260. They got away with 240 in that two-day semi yeah. at Manchester, but there was a there was a tacky surface and they, they gamed those conditions and their bowlers started brilliantly. But they're going to have to um, bat first and, you know, uh, do it with a, with a side who can deliver 350-plus. It might be that James Nation comes back in and they go, you know, proven... <laughs> big stage player and so on that they, they, they take the punt on the fifth bowler on the basis that they're going to have yeah. to make bulk runs can you imagine if New Zealand beat them and we get to the, we get to the final at the Modi Stadium 130,000 people and the, like the attendance is in the minus figures could it's be 12 like, or 13,000 there yeah fuck, I'm nervous be. I'm nervous Maybe I'm, I think, okay. I'm, I'm looking I'll forward to it whatever happens it'll be fun right time for us to move along to the final word Hall of Fame the Final Word Hall of Fame is brought to you by, as I'm sure you're aware, Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Said we're just down the road. This morning I was no more than 500 metres from here and I could mm -hmm. see Westfield London and that's where I'm going later today to skate. It is the first night of the skating, the ice skating. Rach, my wife, said to me as I left the house today, you're uncoordinated. If you hit the ice, roll fall with your hands in wow, okay. so no one skates over your fingers. I'm like, now what do you think That's I'm going to think of yeah. every second I'm on the so, ice tonight? So if you fall ice skating, you've got to fall. You, know, you can't stop. You, you can't, can't put your foot. Can't put your, can't put your hands down. I, I didn't mean, know this. Yeah, muscle memory is going to take over there. There's no chance you don't try and break your fall. Yeah, well, anyway, that's the last thing she said to me. So I guarantee I'll like break my face when I pull my elbows in. Something along those lines. And I don't have any bloody gloves either. I didn't expect to be coming oh, straight no. out this evening. Um, but that's what's happening. Um, don't get your fingers chopped off. Enjoy skating around. That's not a great sell, is it? Um, I'm sure people who are inclined to go skating will have more experience. You can look at the tree. That. You can look at the tree. And tonight is the night when they turn on the tree, I think. Something like that. So the biggest Christmas tree. Uh, we're told it's the biggest in Europe. Yep. As of tonight, it'll be the biggest Please. in the world. That's what we're going to report um, with the skate jump on Google uh, Westfield London there's a, a dedicated link to the skating as well which I'll try and remember to put in the show notes but you're all you're all grown-ups you'll be yeah. able to find the Westfield London skating link by googling Westfield London Westfield Stratford City more extra less ordinary and I'll report back tomorrow uh, when uh, Afghanistan are playing South Africa in what is tantamount to a dead rubber because we know it's yeah. South Africa playing Australia in one semi and Afghanistan with their net run rate in the negatives would need, well, they need to make a thousand. Yeah, no one's even done those maths. That's yeah. how far away it is. No that would no be fun. I want to know those maths. What do Afghanistan theoretically need to do? I just took a message from a colleague who's writing an article about Afghanistan right now asking, is there any way of doing it? And that was my assessment. They have to make like a thousand yeah. or something like that. But still, um, I'm sure they'll give it everything because they've been a real bright spot of this tournament. Of course, New Zealand's next game's a semi. Sri Lanka are flying home and we're into the last few days of this group it. stage. Your final web moment of the day, Cam. I've got two actually. One I really enjoyed. So when um, New Zealand were in the kind of 
at peak powers in the first innings and really had the wraps over Sri Lanka. Glenn Phillips got the lid out and he fielded that short leg, silly point. The slip position where he's on his knees, and then he also did a, a, a very short fly, not leg slip as well. So he yeah. basically just did a little laps and laps of the batter and never really went to him that much, but it was very exciting, <laughs> enjoyed it nonetheless. And then also uh, Daryl Mitchell, who get two mentions, I believe, in this um, go, is he reviewed, went in the field... Um, they had an LBW shout against someone. He's gone, no, lads, I promise you, I promise you this is out. Like, I think he's hit his pad and whatever. Comes up on the screen. They don't even go to ultra edit. He literally middles it into his pad and all the New Zealand fielders just piss themselves laughing and just go like, Daryl, fuck off, mate. Right, on we go. He, he didn't do himself many favours today, Dazzler. Now, we are massive Daryl Mitchell fans in these parts, so don't take it personally if you're listening, big fella. But um, the way he barbecued Mark Chapman, holy dooly. Um, so it's a... So he, uh, Chapman tries to skew it away, or sorry, tries to whack it away, skews it off the bottom of the bat, spits out to short third. Mitchell just fucking calls it. He's hounding down to the... the, the, the and to be fair, it actually is the non-striker's call in that situation. But Chapman immediately says, no, no, no. and he yeah. roars it, no. But Mitchell keeps coming, runs through the crease. So when the bowls are taken at the non-striker's end, Chapman's got to go. He's, I find Mike Mitchell a very interesting case. A, I... I've been lucky enough to interview everyone roundly says he's a lovely lovely person but he's yeah, got yeah. quite an interesting dynamic in that dressing room if he's so because he's so good he's so kind of powerful so he's able to run and say to Chapman like on your bike mate I'm going to come in here lads and no, I know all you think is here but actually we should review it <laughs> and then when we had that series against England where he kept on scoring hundreds yeah. kept on dropping catches and yes. also at that moment where like he caught a ball on the bounce and just threw it in the air for a laugh and then chucked it away for runs. So I can imagine people like, Daryl, calm down, <laughs> calm down, Daryl, calm down. Score you, Andrew, uh, yeah. home, and then we'll all, we'll all relax. And the way Chapman responded, I think I read somewhere that he whacked the LED yeah, board yeah, on the way off the ground, so he's going to be um, uh, massive fine, uh, be picking up a fine. You mm. can't smack the LED boards, but uh, Mark Chapman, he will bounce back of all the temptation to say something about Mark Chapman. And Anyway, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> right, uh, that's it. That's it for us. Um, this has been the final word. Uh, our show's brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Thank you, Cam. We're doing quite a lot of shows. It's you and... No, it's not you and me tomorrow. I think it's Vish and me Bish, tomorrow. Yeah. Then you and me on Saturday. Jeff's back on Saturday afternoon and you and me on Sunday. Sunday yeah. It's a lot of it coming out of London and then Jeff for the semi-finals and final and all the rest of it. Our weekend history show will be dropping in the feed on Friday. For those of you who don't follow us on the podcast places, do that because that's where you get the full offering. Not just YouTube, but... Um, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Okay, all right, that's it. New Zealand are into the semi-finals. Bye. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'd be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go.